This episode of LifeWork Q&A is brought to you by the How To Academia webinar series. This year, the series has been designed to help you explore different aspects of your professional identity, like your values, goals, and superpowers. We'll also strategize about how to effectively network, how to best document your accomplishments, and how to engage in meaningful productivity to grow your body of work. Each webinar in the series includes a slide deck, reflective worksheets, and a live Q&A session. After the live event, a replay option is provided to view at your convenience. I'm also thrilled to announce that individual participants who register before September 15, 2018, receive a complimentary copy of my new book, Managing Your Professional Identity Online. Institutional members receive 10 copies. Learn more about the How To Academia series and register to join us in exploring your professional identity at howtoacademia.com. You're listening to LifeWork Q&A, episode 103. Hey there, and welcome to LifeWork Q&A, where I answer a listener question each week and provide resources and guidance to help you take your life and work to the next level. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Linder. In today's episode, I thought I would answer some questions around quitting sugar. This is something that I talked about, I think, in a couple different places that I had recently done this and, of course, had some questions come in. Uh, So I thought I would just tackle it in an episode. And um, this is something that I did in July. So it's now been almost a couple of months. So I feel like I can kind of report back on uh, what I'm learning through this. So I first decided to do this because I stumbled across Sarah Wilson's book, I Quit Sugar, which I can link to in the show notes. And I also read a little bit of Gary Taub's book, The Case Against Sugar. Um, I have not read the whole thing. It's definitely on my to-read pile. But um, I read enough to know that maybe I was probably putting too much sugar into my life. So um, I am definitely someone who tweaks my diet on a pretty regular basis based on um, what is feeling good to me. Uh, Recently, for example, I noticed that something I was eating was really bloating me up and I wasn't sure what it was. And so I've started doing some kind of experimentation to try to figure out what it is. Um, So I kind of cut things in and out just based on how I feel. And this is how I figured out that I don't react well to things like raw carrots, to apples, to anything that has apple cider vinegar in it. I react very strongly to garlic um, and can't have even a little bit of it. Um, And also, of course, if you know anything about my diet, you know that I'm vegan and that I'm also gluten-free. So I do have some kind of food sensitivities that I pay attention to. So the first thing when I was thinking about um, cutting sugar, and and definitely not quitting it. I mean, obviously, you can't completely quit sugar. It's in some things. But I wanted to cut it down. And what Sarah Wilson recommends is that we should be eating between seven and nine teaspoons of sugar a day. And the way that you can kind of transition that into grams is one teaspoon is about 4.2 grams. So it comes out to 29.4, around 30 grams to around 38 grams a day. And I can promise you, once you start adding up what you're eating in sugar, it's most likely significantly more than that. Um, So the first thing that I started to pay attention to was just how much sugar I was eating and what was kind of my patterns around eating sugar. And typically, I was eating sugar, especially in the evenings, like I had gotten into the habit of wanting a little something sweet after dinner. And typically, this was like a bowl of berries or fruit and yogurt and maybe some granola with it or something like that, but kind of a heaping bowl of this. Um, And also, sometimes on the weekends, I would do something similar, like for Saturday breakfast, I would have fruit and granola and yogurt. Um, And then I was also eating things like Lara bars. Um, I do some vegan dark chocolate. 
And I wasn't eating a ton of sugar, but I was definitely not really paying attention to how much sugar I was eating. So once I started paying attention and kind of adding up those teaspoons, I started to realize there was kind of a certain amount of things I could eat each day. So for example, one of the little treats that I'll have throughout the day is a Lara bar, and I can link to these in the show notes. But there's one that's like a peanut butter chocolate chip Lara bar. It's a little bit something sweet. And basically, if you have a couple of these in the, during the day, it adds up to basically your seven to nine teaspoons. Um, so that's the equivalent of what we're talking about here. It's not a lot. Um, So I would have to be kind of careful if I was trying to stay within these parameters to say, you know, when do I want to have this? Or if I have a Lara bar during the day, maybe I have a cup of yogurt at night, like those kinds of things. And I wasn't wanting to be super restrictive, but I was wanting to try to fit within the parameters that Wilson outlines just to kind of see if I would see changes. Now, I should also say I wasn't looking for specific changes to happen. So I didn't do this to like lose weight, for example, but I was kind of interested to see if I would see changes in my energy levels or if I would just kind of notice anything different about how I felt. So here are some of the things that I did notice after doing this for a couple of months. The first thing was I really saw an energy drop on a consistent basis in the afternoon usually around 2.30, 3 o'clock, after kind of my food from lunch had kind of dissipated, I had a significant drop in energy. And that was where I was like looking around for something sweet. And because I don't um, drink or eat anything with caffeine in it, um, this is something that I think I turned to sugar for as a replacement for caffeine. So I've started to get into a little bit of a habit of I eat breakfast relatively early in the morning before I leave my house. And then around mid-morning, maybe around 10, I'll have something like a Lara bar, which gives me like a little bit of a boost in that mid-morning time. And then in the afternoon, what is more helpful for me than having more sugar is to take a quick walk or to grab a cup of tea or just to move around a little bit to try to kind of get myself out of that energy drop. So that was definitely something that I noticed. I also noticed that I had a lot, especially in the beginning, cravings for sugar at night and also cravings for sugar when I was feeling super stressed out. So if I got to the end of like a really long day and I was feeling stressed about what was going on on my to-do list or my schedule and I was just feeling tired, that was like a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Like I really wanted something sweet. And what helped me was actually to just really limit the amount of sugar that we keep in our house. And my partner is a type 2 diabetic, so we don't keep a ton of sugar anyway, um, and he also has food restrictions. So um, right now, the kinds of sugar that we have available to in our house are like some um, honey-salted peanuts um, that he likes to snack on. We have some yogurt for me, um, and it's pretty low in sugar. It's um, cashew-based and almond milk-based. And then we have some... Um, sometimes like a bar of chocolate that I keep in the house and then some kind of sweetened granola. So there's not a whole lot here. So if I want sugar in a massive quantity, like in some kind of um, dairy-free ice cream or something like that, I have to go get it. Uh, The other thing that we have stopped getting on a regular basis is a lot of berries because this was something that I was really going through, um, especially in the summer. I'm a huge summer fruit person. 
but I was eating a lot of the quantity of the berries. And so I wanted to kind of cut that out in an easy way. And I'm definitely someone who um, Gretchen Rubin describes as an abstainer. Like, I need to not have it at all. I can't just have a little bit. And I know that about myself. So I just was like, let me just cut this out completely so that I'm really intentional. If I feel like eating some of this, I'm going to get a small container of it. But I'm not going to have, like, huge containers of strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, like, all sitting in my my kitchen. So... Um, the cravings at night, that was something that I was, it was interesting to just kind of notice when I was starting to have those cravings. And when I stopped giving into them, then they started to go away. And I was able to note even more that they were tied to things like stress and tiredness. So here are some of the kind of benefits that I've also noticed that have come out of this um, trimming down of sugar in my diet. One is I don't really want sugar as much now. I don't turn to it. I don't crave it. And even in situations where I have the option of getting like a a fun, like vegan gluten-free dessert, I don't necessarily want it. And that's huge because I used to be one of those people that was like, if I passed by a a vegan gluten-free bakery, you better believe I was going to go in there and buy, you know, like all kinds of things and then take stuff home and have it for later. And now I'm just kind of like, I don't really feel like that. And and I I don't have that kind of immediate craving to have something right now um, or even to stock up on things that I can have later. I've also not incorporated sugar as much into my travel snacks. So I'll take some Lara bars and things with me, but I'm trying to incorporate things that are a little more savory into what I'm traveling. And I also treat sugar now way more as like a treat to have. So it's not something that I'm having every day. It's not like dessert after dinner every night. Um, Like you may have noticed if you follow me on Instagram, I posted maybe about a week ago that I had something sweet and in celebration of finishing my coaching training. And um, so I use it as kind of a form of celebration now versus like having it all the time. Um, I'm a lot more aware of what has sugar in it because especially in the beginning, I was looking at everything to see what had sugar, what didn't have sugar. And it hides itself in some pretty interesting places um, like pasta sauce and, you know, uh, uh, in salsa and, you know, like various kinds of things. So you have to be a little bit careful. And once you really start adding it up, you start to notice how quickly and how easily it is to put it into your diet in maybe ways that you're not intending. So um, I'm a lot more aware of like what has sugar, how much of something I can eat and still kind of stay within the parameters of what I'm trying to do. Um, And I just feel a lot more regulated in terms of just um, not spiking that throughout the day. And then lastly, I would just say, um, which I think has been implied throughout this whole episode, I'm just a lot more intentional about the sugar that I'm eating. So I make choices about what I'm eating in terms of sugar rather than just having it around me and picking it up and eating it whenever I want. And um, I think that's been really helpful because I feel like I have more attention to that part of my diet. And I appreciate just being mindful in general about what I'm putting into my body, as you can probably tell um, from some of the other restrictions that I have. And I want to just make sure that the things that I'm putting into my body make me feel good and aren't kind of depleting me or uh, making me crave certain things. And I mean, I think the challenging thing about things like sugar is that you eat it and you want more of it. Um, And it is a little bit addictive, which is, I think, the... The argument that Gary Tobbs makes in his book, The Case Against Sugar, is that we have this situation now where it's so built into our diet, it's like all that we want. 
So I definitely think everyone's diet needs to be what works for them. I'm certainly not advocating that you quit sugar too, um, but I just wanted to share a little bit about my experiences with it, especially because some people asked about it and um, were kind of curious about why I did this and, and what the result had been. So I would say about two months out, I'm pretty happy with the fact that I did this and I don't see um, kind of going back to eating large amounts of sugar anytime soon. And um, I definitely feel like it's been a very positive shift in the kind of lifestyle diet that I have, and um, I'm glad that I did it. So I'm going to link some resources in the show notes if you're kind of interested. I'll put Sarah Wilson's book in there as well as some of the resources from Gary Tobbs. Um, And I welcome other questions that you might have about this particular shift that I've made. Uh, And of course, if you've quit sugar or if you're thinking about it, I'd love to hear about that too. So feel free to tweet at me at katie underscore linder or to email me at contact at katielinder.work to let me know what you're thinking about it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of LifeWork Q&A. I'm Katie Linder, and I'll be back next week with You've Got This, Think Right, Revise, and uh, another episode of Season 3 for Make Your Way. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of LifeWork Q&A. Show notes and a transcript for this episode can be found at katielinder.work slash podcasts. LifeWork Q&A is part of the Radical Self-Trust podcast channel, a collection of content dedicated to helping you seek self-knowledge, nurture your superpowers, playfully experiment, live your core values with intention, practice loving-kindness toward yourself and others, and settle into your life's purpose. Learn more about the RST channel at katielinder.work slash podcasts. If you found this episode helpful, please also consider rating and or reviewing the show in iTunes. Thanks for listening.